What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back. Today's episode is going to be brought to you by Mystery Ranch, built for the mission. And if you haven't been rocking a Mystery Ranch Fireline pack for the past couple of years of your fire career, well, your back probably hurts and you're doing it wrong. So if you want one of the most comfortable and the most well-built, tough-ass Fireline packs in the game, then head over to www.mysteryranch.com and check it out. But not only fire packs, oh yeah, they have a full line of every load-bearing essential that you could possibly think of. You want to go snowboarding uh, and have a little day pack to go with you. Well, they got a solution for you. You have a deer and elk hunt coming up. They've got a solution for you. You have a uh, civic clothes that you want to stash under the uh, engine or the buggy bins. Well, they got a solution for that as well. Hell, they even make briefcases in case you need a crew basket. It's pretty badass. So head over to www.mysteryranch.com and check it all out. Oh, and while you're over there, check out the Backbone series. Yeah, Mystery Ranch has actually started the Backbone series, which is going to be the boots on the ground perspective of wildland firefighting here in North America. And check this out. They're also giving back to the community, the community with that program. So go over there and submit your contribution to the Backbone series, and you'll be automatically entered in to the chance to win a $1,000 scholarship from the Backbone series scholarship. It is pretty legit. So if you guys want to find out more, go over to www.mysteryranch.com and check it out. Anchor Point Podcast is also going to be brought to you by our good buddies over at Manscaped. Oh yeah, your balls will thank you. And listen up, significant others. If you uh, need to convince your other half to do some defensible space, you know, downstairs below the belt, well, now's your opportunity. You can swing over to www.manscape.com and pick up the perfect package. It is freaking rad. It has not only the lawnmower 3.0 with a built-in light and the skin safe technology that uh greatly greatly reduces those chances for the manscaping mishaps. Yeah, no one likes to nick their balls. And it's waterproof, but it also comes with a sweet ass pair of boxers, a sweet ass toiletry bag. It comes with the crop reviver and the crop preserver. It is freaking awesome. So to get all your men's grooming essentials for those below the belt, and I guess it works on chest hair and everything like that too. So let's just say all of your men's grooming essentials, head over to www.manscape.com and use the code anchor point all one word at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. It's freaking legit. So once again, www.manscape.com. Use code AnchorPoint at checkout. The Anchor Point Podcast is also going to be brought to you by our premier coffee sponsor. And who is that? Well, it is none other than Hotshot Brewery. It's kick-ass coffee for a kick-ass cause, and a portion of the proceeds will always go back to the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. But in addition to kick-ass coffee for kick-ass causes, they have a full line of apparel that helps support that wildland firefighter culture, and they have all of the tools of the trade to get your morning started off right. So if you need an AeroPress or a Camp Cup or any of the like, well, head over to www.hotshotbrewing.com and check it out. Oh yeah, check this out. They also support the Anchor Point Podcast by slinging our merch. So if you're looking for one of those Fire Fiend tees or one of those Band of Brother tees or some stickers or anything like that, well, you know where to find it. Go over to www.hotshotbrewing.com and check it out. The Anchor Point Podcast would also like to give a shout out to our buddy Booze over at The Ass Movement. And if you guys don't know what that is, well, it's an acronym and it stands for the Anti-Surface Shitting Movement. 
I think it's a great movement that I can get behind. Uh, I don't know about you, but I hate seeing bowel movements on the public lands that I frequent, especially when I go fishing. You know, it's inevitably I'm walking along the trail down to my favorite fly fishing spot and I see a human turd wrapped in toilet paper. It is disgusting and that shit needs to stop. But this is where you come in. If you go over to www.thefirewild.com and check out the ass movement, you can help spread the poo burying propaganda all on your own. Yeah, they have tons of stickers, patches, magnets, posters. They've got it all. Hell, even if you have a problem pooper on your crew, well, check this out. They even have turd trowels. Yeah, you can give them a little shovel to bury as a as a friendly reminder to uh, bury your turds on the trail. So check this out. Listeners to this episode can get 10% off site-wide by using the code anchorpointass10 at checkout. So once again, head over to www.thefirewild.com and check out the ass movement. The views and opinions of this podcast do not reflect the views and opinions of the United States government, the Department of the Interior, the Department of Defense, the Department of Agriculture, the United States Forest Service, the Bureau of Land Management, National Park Service, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, or any private, municipal, county, or state firefighting organization, any law enforcement agency, any medical provider, or any contractor employed by any federal agency. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast. Hope everybody is doing well and recovering from their holiday hangover. It is February, and uh, yeah, I hope that everybody out there is doing their due diligence to acquire some fitness. And uh, yeah, that fire season is fast approaching. So if you aren't doing that now, well, you're a little bit uh, behind the curve. And that is both the physical fitness and the mental fitness side of things. So get out there and get some. Anyways, today on the show... I am so stoked. We have a very special guest and it's going to be a little bit of a controversial topic. Not going to lie. Uh, we're going to be talking about the inmate fire pro- firefighting program in the state of California and one gentleman's, uh, opi- or I guess, uh, journey through that whole thing. He has lived that life. He has walked in those shoes and he is now a Eldorado hotshot, which is so badass. And I'm stoked to have him on the show. And I think there's a big message out of this whole thing. Cause I get a lot of questions about this. If you have a record, you know, potentially have a past. And I think the uh, big takeaway from this episode is to not let your past define your future. So we're going to talk just about that. And what better person to have on the show to talk about this subject than my good buddy, Armando Perez. So ladies and gentlemen, Welcome to the Anchor Point. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast. Today on the show, I've got my good buddy, Mando Perez. What's up, dude? What's going on, man? How you doing, man? Good, good. How about yourself? I'm doing fine, man. Doing fine. Just got off work, sitting down, having a conversation with you. Right on. Yeah, I'm glad we're having this, man. I've been putting it off for a while. Dude, it's been a hot minute, man. <laughs> yeah. And I apologize for that, man. No, dude, having- shit happens, man. We all got family stuff and we got lives and stuff like that. So right on. Yeah, man. So what are you up to, man? What are you doing? No, I'm just hanging out at home, working from home, teleworking. Uh 
making the most of it. You know, I mean, trying to keep my, my, my noggin from going crazy on these computers. <laughs> Did you go on skirt stir crazy yet or what? No, no, I, mean, I, I get out and around, run around the neighborhood and whatnot. I mean, I, I stay active, so that's, that's good. But yeah, computer, me and computers all day long is not, it's not a thing. <laughs> Just don't jive with computers. <laughs> so long, man. But it's, it's good, man. I'm getting a lot done. That's so. good, man. How do you, uh, how are you adapting with the whole COVID thing and the whole teleworking and all that stuff? I know it's hard on a lot of people, but what's your take on it? I mean, I'm enjoying it, dude. Like I get to see my kids every day. I mean, um, it's not normal for me, especially in the summertime and the wintertime. I, I do a lot of burning, but right now I'm, I'm seeing them every day. I get to wake up, see them, play with them, help them out with their homework. Uh, the wife loves it. You know I mean, I help her out a lot and, uh, I, I could focus on, on projects and, and, and not get distracted easily. So I, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm enjoying it. Um, I miss hanging with my dudes at work a lot, but Right now, I'm taking advantage of something that's given to me. So, hell yeah, I man! I can't complain at all. Yeah, you got to make it work, right? It's yeah. sil- the silver linings, you know. Yeah, yeah, dude. Of course. So, tell us about yourself, man. Um, so, a lot of people know you already, but for those of people that don't know, give us a little rundown about you and who you are, what you do, man. Right on. So, um, for those who don't know me, uh, my full name is Armando Perez. Everybody just calls me Mondo. Um, I'm originally from LA, born and raised. Um, Spent all my life down there. Um, uh, moved up to the El Dorado in 20, I think it was 16 or 17. I don't even remember anymore, but uh, moved up here because of the job. I was offered a job on a hand crew and I took it and been here ever since. Loving it, man. I'm loving it up here. Um, I do miss home sometimes, but I like it a lot up here, man. So, and just, yeah, just working, um, enjoying the time I do have at home and Trying to get better at my job every day when that whenever I am at work. Nice man. So you're on Eldo, right? Yep, Eldorado Hot Hotshots. Nice man. Yeah, that's rad, dude. So, all right. So every hot shot that I have on the show, man, I try and ask them, what's your definition of a hot shot? Yeah, it's the the million dollar question right there. Huh? That's, everybody's <laughs> got a different answer, but yeah, I like to hear. I like to pick everybody's everybody's brain. You're always gonna have a different answer. I have a different answer every time someone asks me that question. So before I used to always be, it's about being tough. It's about being hardcore, sacrificing, putting other people first. And it's still all about that. I mean, um, that was me in the beginning. I mean, when I first came on the crew, now I think it's more about uh, continuing to be a hot shot. I mean, it, it's, it's, once you get in there, it's easy to get that hard stuff out the way and going. But then it's, I think it's a little bit more uh, mentally tough, mentally challenging as you go along because you're not only are you tough, strong, sacrificing, but uh, you got the up and comers looking at you, you're a mentor, you're a leader, you're an example. <clears throat> and then uh, you got to evolve and, and evolving is big in the hotshot world. And I think that's where I'm at now where I'm getting better at some, and I'm, I'm showing the next generation coming up behind me, how to be that hotshot and how to transition to the next level of the hotshotting world. And I mean, I can sit here and talk about it all day, dude, but it's, it's, it's an ongoing, uh, process and 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 it's it's fun where you're, where you're doing it i mean you have a beginning and there's an end state somewhere back there we're not looking at that yet <laughs> not quite uh, yet <laughs> but the in between is what matters man which what, what you do in between when you first started and to where you're getting where you're going and uh, it's it's an ongoing process i love it dude it's um yeah what's your favorite <laughs> part about hot shot man oh uh, dude the the camaraderie the, the people you meet the friends you make, man, and, and the things you do with those people. It's like, once you once you meet one person, even if you just meet them for one season, two seasons, or let's say 10 seasons, um, you have a friend for life, man. I mean, you might not be 
shoulder to shoulder every day, every night. But there's always gonna be that connection down the road somewhere because you guys suffer together somewhere in a hole or in a hill on a ridge. And there's a connection you build and and it just it, it keeps going. Dude, I talked to dudes that I first started with my rookie year. I still talk to them this day, even though we don't see each other. We text, we talk, we shoot jokes at each other and how are you doing? And you know, you check up on them, they check up on you. And it's it's a good feeling for them, for someone you haven't seen in four or five years. Shoot your text, hey man, how you doing? What's going on? What's new? Let's catch up. I'm gonna be in town sometime in the near future. Let's 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 hook up or something. I mean, it's an awesome feeling, man. That's the best thing for me is the people. Oh, absolutely, dude. There's something to be said about that camaraderie too. I mean, it's 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 crazy, man. I only did one season and it was on a training crew and, and you know, Redmond Hot Shots and uh I still talk to those guys. That was back in 2016. I still talk to those guys and girls every, like all the time, man. There you go. See, it's, 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 it's crazy how this works, man. It's like, I tell people, man, it's the people, it's always the people. I mean, you meet some awesome people, you meet some not so awesome people, but you learn from all of them, man. And you still talk to most of them anyways. Oh yeah, man. That, and that opportunity to like mentor other people and like share those experiences that you have with like, it doesn't even matter if they're older, or like in the fire game or if they're younger and just coming in up, you know, up and comer, you know, I love that yep. shit, dude. <laughs> I love it. That's a favorite part. And I miss it, man. <laughs> I, bet, I miss dude. it, dude. But you're doing what you got to do now, man. So that's what I always tell people. I mean, we all miss something about some point of our life, but we all got to do, we got to do to get further. Oh yeah, man. But shit, dude, I even, even a couple of them, uh, the hotshot guys, uh, but fire buddies in general, uh, even made it to my wedding. It's like, fuck yeah, you guys traveled all this way to, to come to my dumbass wedding. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's commitment, funny. dude. That's, that's, that's commitment. Yeah. Left a lasting impression on them, bro. And that's, that's awesome. That's an act. That's like some, that's a perfect example of what this does to people for, for people. I mean, that dude that you said, Oh damn, you made it to my wedding. It's an awesome feeling, man. That's, that means you did some in their life. It's going to last forever. Dude. That's cool. Oh yeah, man. Lifelong friends too. It's like shit. Even people that I, I first started out with in like 2009, I'll still talk to. It's just, yep. it's like lifelong, man. It's that bond. It's weird. Yeah. Unexplainable oh, yeah. dude. It's going to last forever, dude. Yeah. yeah, man. So about you, you know, a lot of people know your story, but we'll get into the nitty gritty of your story. So you kind of had a rough upbringing as far as like how you got into fire and like, how you got into the your foot in the fire game pretty much. So let's go into that, man. So tell us about like your youth and like how all this, this whole story culminated into where you are today. Right on. So yeah, my, 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 yeah, I mean, my, my, uh, my path to fire was different than most. I mean, there's a few of us out there that had the same path as mine, but, uh, it's different than most. And, uh, so I'll just take it way back, man. I grew up in a, in a broken home. I was raised by my grandparents, uh, my dad's mom and dad. Um, they were pretty much, I think they took me in when I was, I hear different stories from different uncles and aunts, but I was pretty much under a year old when they took me in. Um, and they raised me, they raised me like one of their own. Um, since I was little and I lived with them my whole life until I became an adult and started going the wrong path <laughs> and in other places. But, um, yeah, so I was raised by them and I mean, they were my parents. I called them mom and dad. Um, Till the very end um they're both gone now um, I'm sorry but that man thanks man yeah was, they, they raised me right man it wasn't their fault that i chose the path that i chose they raised me right they gave me all, all the moral respect upbringing everything was perfect i mean i couldn't ask for better parents um but i did choose to do uh, uh stuff that wasn't uh, right i mean i made some bad choices and uh it, it led me to get in trouble when i was young i i joined a gang 
um, looking for that family um, when I was growing up. And I mean, to this day, I still, I'm still in touch with some of them. They're really good friends of mine. I mean, we're just on different paths. Yeah. Um, some of them got reformed. Some of them changed their lifestyle. Some of them didn't. Some of them no longer here. Some of them are behind the wall and never come home. Um, but I was one of the fortunate ones that did uh, have a second chance and, and turned it around. Um, so yeah, I, I joined the gang when I was real young. I think I was 14, 14 years old, something like 14 or 15. Um, lived the lifestyle to the fullest. I mean, those are my friends growing up. That's I grew up in a little, a little, uh, little neighborhood called Bassett, a small little uh, city. Um, I grew up there my whole life, um, and that's when I started um, getting in trouble. Right there, um, I had family members from the same neighborhood. Um, it it was like any other neighborhood. We grew up together, hung out, did things together, had fun. And you know, as you get a little bit older, you start making some 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 poor choices, and you get in trouble. And then once you get in trouble once, you kind of it's like a revolving door, man. You just keep getting in trouble. Um, yeah, I mean, I got locked up my first time. I think I was 15 when I first got locked up. Um, uh, did a little bit of juvie time. Uh, got out. Kind of got out with my chip on my shoulder. Kept messing around and got locked up again. <laughs> Longer time this time. And then got out and went right back in. Got out. <laughs> went back in for a, a long term. That time was, I did a... Uh, two years in juvie that time. And that's when I got, got introduced to the juvenile fire program. Um, I was at Camp Roth. Um, the reason I got into that was because um, I was too far behind in high school, uh, credits wise. Uh-huh. So one of the uh, staff members said, hey, you ain't going to graduate in time. So why don't you just go get your GED? And I was all right, I'll go for it. I, don't, I really don't know what that is or whatever, but I'll, I'll go for it. And then I got it. I got it when I was 17. So I graduated early, I guess in there, it's kind of early. So they didn't do something with me because I couldn't go to school anymore. Um, so they put me behind the wall in the, in the laundry room. I was, I was working there. And then uh, someone had mentioned fire camp because I had I still had a lot of time left on, on my term. As a juvenile, two years is a lot in, in juvenile camp. That's a hell of a long time. And yeah. anybody, especially a kid, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, hey, why don't you check out this program? And uh, I, I did. And uh, yeah, I made it over there when I was 17. And at that camp, they, uh, they take you in early to give you the training. I was there when I was 17. And on my 18th birthday, they kicked me over to the actual fire dorm. And they put me on a crew. So that was in, in uh, LA County, Camp Roth, right there in uh, was it, uh, Little Tahunga okay. area. Um, or Tonga area, I think it was called, but yeah, I was right there. And, um, I did some time there, got all, you know, the basic fire training, um, was a soldier there and ended up being one of the lead guys. I think they called him a hot spoon at the time, some weird name, um, got out and I did good for a little bit, <clears throat> a very little bit, a uh, very short time. And then I got caught up again and that's when I got my, uh, my 10 year sentence and then, uh, went behind the wall. Um, there, I just didn't, you know what I mean? Normal program on a level three yard, um, up until I started, I started dropping time. I mean, drop, dropping points. So my, my, I was like midway and <clears throat> some dude was telling me about fire camp <clears throat> that was, that came from there. And, uh, because before that, I, I would never heard about it. No, no one, the staff don't talk about it in there. No one, it, it's not a thing where they come at you like, Hey, this program's here for you guys, or here's an opportunity. None of that. I heard it through one of the inmates 
And he was like, hey, dude, uh, this can's pretty cool. You know I mean, you get uh, better food, you get better privileges, you're not behind the wall. I mean, it's, it's dorm living. It's, it's pretty cool. And I was like, hey, man, I've I done fire before. You know I mean, <laughs> I'll check it out. I did it not thinking I was going to qualify because I still had about five years left on my term. Um, but yeah, I qualified and they sent me. I was like, oh, shit, I made it. Um, kind of made it. So when I got to um, the prison I went to, the, the training uh, prison was... Uh, Jamestown, Jamestown prison. Um, that's their uh, fire training for the, for uh, South Ops. And I think, believe in North Ops, it's, um, uh, is it Susanville? I think it might be Susanville. I'm not sh- quite sure, but it's two separate camps, one for the Northern and one for the Southern. <clears throat> and um, I did my training there. I went up um, to board. I guess they have to approve you to go to camp because of my time. I still had a lot of time left. So I went aboard the first time they denied me, um, whatever, based on whatever reasons they had. So they said I wasn't fit for, uh, to go to camp yet. So they just had me go through the program, the physical part of it, which is the PTs, uh, the times, um, make sure you're fit and all that. So I did all that, graduated from that. And then I went aboard again and that's when they approved me. Um, it's just a panel, three people on the warden, the camp coordinator, and then some other director to sit you and ask you questions like, why should we let you go to camp? Uh, are you gonna go there and mess up? Are you gonna be doing prison stuff and whatever they ask you a bunch of random questions and i mean you tell them what what, what they want to hear but at the same time i was trying to be sincere and say you know what? i'm just trying to look for an opportunity man you know i mean i'm going to tell them what they want to hear but at the same time i do want to i mean my my uh um my uh my intent was good so did that and then finally ended up in camp <laughs> i was like wow so yeah i ended up the first camp i went to was in um mariposa Mount Bouillon. um went there did fine. I was there for shoot, I'm bad with dates, but I think I was there for like a year ish. And then um I got a good guy transferred down to SoCal. And that's when I wanted to be down closer to home, obviously. Yeah. And then from there I just bounced around a few camps. One time was disciplinary. They thought I was doing something I wasn't. And once it got cleared up, they sent me back to camp. Um then uh it, it was uh Mount Gleason before before it burned over. Um and then there's like another transfer down to uh, Francisco, which is another LA County camp. So I, I've been to both um, camp programs, the Cal Fire camp program and the LA County camp program. Okay. So now one of the camps, the youth camp was ran by LA County, right? Yep. Okay. That was Julie. Yeah. And then the state, uh, the state was running the other camps, right? So Cal Fire was running the other show, the other program. Well, uh, LA County has um, state um, inmates as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anything in the LA County area would be a LA County camp. You got like uh Francisco, Acton, um, Gleason. Uh, there's another one out there in the Angeles. Um, can't think of it right now, but they got a handful of camps. I think it's like four or five camps they have, maybe more. I'm not sure. And then the rest are all Cal Fire. I got you. So what was that whole process like? I mean, you kind of explained it to where it was kind of like a job interview um, as far as getting through the boards and everything that denied you first time. And then the second time yeah. it's like a job interview pretty much. What was that yeah. like when you got into that program? Cause I know it, I mean, what well, compared it to like compare behind the wall to like the camp, like, is it like night and day difference? Like what, what's going on there? Oh yeah. It's a, a night and day completely do. So, I mean, when you're behind the wall, um, it's just, uh, it's a routine. I mean, in the morning you're in your cell, you wake up, they, you get in line, go to breakfast, eat breakfast, come back, go to your cell. Um, if you have a job, they send you to work. If you don't, you sit around for a little bit and maybe you get some, some day room time or some yard time and then it's dinner time and then it's bedtime. I mean, it's kind of, 
that's the program there. I mean, and, and all the other stuff that goes on behind the wall amongst the inmates. So yeah, um, I can imagine it's a dangerous place. I mean, I've been, I've been to jail a handful of times, you know, stupid fightings and you're know, doing stupid fights and shit like that and throwing it thrown in the drunk tank, but <laughs> yeah. I haven't been in prison, bro. Yeah. So. This is a whole another level. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, and then, I mean, go to camp, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, some people used to call it camp Snoopy, um, because it's, it's so lax, dude. It's, um, you get there and it's like, there's no, uh, you don't have a bunch of gunners looking at you. The towers, looking, it's just, you have a couple of correctional officers and they're kind of just walking around amongst you. Like nothing's going to happen. And I mean, it's open dorms open. You get to go in it. Like one thing about behind, behind the wall is you're in a cell. You can't open your door whenever you want to. It's they open it for you for certain reasons. Like I said, either you go to chow day room or something like that. You can't just say, Hey, crack me out. I want to go hang out. That doesn't happen in camp. I mean, you're in a dorm. You could get off your bed, walk out the door, go hang out in the parking lot or in the weight room or in the hobby room and do what you want for as long as you want. You know what I mean, as long as you're not breaking the rules. Yeah. So, and then you have more access to like commissary, which is canteen. You buy your, your goodies, your foods, whatever. Um, that's kind of more consistent with that too, because behind the wall, if something happens, you want lockdown. You never know when you get store again. I mean, it might be a month, it might be two months if you miss your draw, whatever. Um, so it, it's it's behind the walls a lot stricter for obvious reasons because a lot more stuff happens there in camp. Uh, there's less politicking going on. I don't know if you know what I mean, but politicking, inmate politicking amongst each other. Just for some coworkers that I mentioned earlier before we started rolling. That's just about it, though. That's okay. really all I know. Yeah, it's just inmates governing inmates while they're behind the wall and whatnot. Um, I don't really talk about that too much. That's I don't blame there. you. Yeah. Um, so you don't have that much of that going on in camp. Um, it's more lax. Like I said, um, people are, are trying to program because they want to be there. I mean, stuff still happens, um, but not at a, at a at a level like it did behind the wall. Um, and it's less. I mean, it doesn't happen as often. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot more relaxed, man. And then I mean, you go in there and watch TV whenever you want, um, get on the phone whenever you want, pretty much call every day if you want. Um, so it, it, there's a lot more benefits to it, um, but it also comes with a price. I mean, you have to go in there, you have to produce labor, right? You have to go in there. And when you go to the grade projects, which is your daily routine, if you're not on fires, you have to go to the grade every day. So they get you out, they load you up, check you out, and they'll find something for you to do. Sometimes you're cleaning some washout somewhere in, in the county or up the hill, some team, some kind of county project. Or, uh, I mean, one crew I was on, all we did was clean the side of freeways all day long, every day. And it was, it was just dreadful, man. It was all even day. worse than like your worst fire ever, like sitting out in yeah. the Nevada sun yeah. or the Arizona sun. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather be sweating balls and getting my butt kicked on the side of a hill than picking up trash. I mean, it was like, it was just so boring and taxing, man. It was just, Oh God, it was bad. But that was that captain's, uh, uh, that was his deal. That's what he liked us doing. I don't know. Cause it was easy to watch us while he drove behind us in his, in his buggy and watched us pick up trash. I don't know what his deal was. Other ones were more about training. Um, I know, uh, had some good captains, good foremans, um, that were all about training. So every time they got a chance to take us to the side of a hill and just cut all day, that's what they would take us to do. And it was a lot better, man. It was the day would go by faster. You felt good about what you did. And, um, obviously you're getting better at, at, at something you're, you're supposed to be doing. So, I mean, it was, it has ups and downs. And then, um, I mean, but in camp, it's more, more up than bad. Um, obviously your family couldn't see you closer. If you live close by to one of your relatives, they can see you a lot easier. Visiting is another big thing that's different behind the wall. 
it's kind of you have to get surged to go out and you have to sit at a table you can't touch. I mean, you got some vending machine snacks and foods that you can buy for them, for your family could buy for you to eat. It's a lot of like A and P and food, yeah. <laughs> for lack of a better word. Um, uh, and in camp, they can bring you food from the streets, homemade cooking, anything. It's 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 pretty awesome, man. It's 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 a pretty good gig. I mean, at least when I was there. I know I know some things have changed. Talking to people that uh, have recently paroled from camp. Um, but yeah, when I was there for the most part, still, if, if you're, if you're a go-getter and you're out, you're out to change your ways, that's the process and you can do what you gotta do to get there. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it's a hell of a lot less dangerous in these camps than behind the wall. And also it feels it, it from judging by what you're saying here, it seems like it gives you a better purpose. Like, I think that's one of those things is like, I'm a huge believer in is everybody needs purpose behind their life and their actions. You know, I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, with purpose, you have a goal, right? So if you, if you, if you have a goal in mind, you have to have a purpose and then you set that goal and you and you move forward with it. If you just kind of just freelancing and I mean, cause you do have people that come and they check it out, the camp program that is in, and they see it's not for them. Like, ah, I'd rather be behind the wall. I don't want to work hard or, or whatever, whatever the deal is. Like it ain't for them. Yeah. Um, if they have no purpose to be there, they just, they give up and say, you know what, just send me back. And they go back. Um, but the people who do want to get better at some or, or, make amends for whatever they have going on in their, in, in their personal lives. They use this as a stepping stone or as a, as a guide, this is the path they're going for right now. Cause this is what they can do positive. Um, so they run with it. Um, I know I felt that way. Um, when I was in there, you know what, I, I feel like I need to start changing my ways. I got kids now. You know what I mean? I, I need to, I need to do something that's positive and they could get me going somewhere in the right direction. And for me, that was the fire camp program. When I got there, um, like I said, at first I was kind of just checking it out. Um, and then I said, you know what? I like this. I like this a lot. I mean, um, it was good. You run, you run with it. You, you, you build from there. It's a little foundation. My, it might not be the final product, but it's a building foundation. You go from it, you use it to keep shooting and, and look where it's got me now. And there's, there's more people like me who I've ran across. Um, and, and they did the same thing. I, I got to camp and it was something positive and I went with it and look at us now. Yeah. You came out of that thing on top, like kicking ass, man. It's, yeah, it's, it's fucking inspiring, dude. I, I think it's awesome that, that you're also mentoring other people that have maybe lived a similar uh, life as you, and you, you could teach them all this other stuff that you had to find out and you've already been through, man. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. Thanks. Um, yeah. And that's the biggest thing. Like I said, I want to give back. If I can help someone out, I will. Um, I've told people in the past, um, like if, if I can help you on any way, reach out to me, dude. I mean, I might not be the end all to everything. I might not have the answer to everything, but if there's something I can do for you, I will. Um, I tell, also tell people just don't waste my time with, with the kind of the back and forth window shopping phone calls. Cause I do have a family and I do have work. I still committed to my job hundred percent of the time. Um, so I do tell them like, make, make sure you're into it, man. Like if not, I'll give you what I can. And then it's up to you to do the rest. Um, you do see those people that do follow through. Um, there's this guy right now in my forest that I'm, I'm pumped on. Um, I met him on a burn. Um, he was up here in one of the inmate camps up here. I think it was Grottlesburg. And he hit me up on, we were on the burn. He started asking questions. I, and I, I know people can see that I've been somewhere because of my tattoos, right? They recognize them and they see him and they hit me up, Hey man, how did you get there? And I'll tell them. Um, and that's all welcome. I, I like, I won't shy away from my won't walk away from them. I'll, I'll I'll just be straight up with them. I'll give them answers, uh, whatever I can give them. And yeah, I told him just look up my base, find the phone number online. If you do that, hit me up, leave a message, and we'll go from there. 
and he did it. And dude, we've been talking ever since, man. He he works for the other hand crew here on my force, the Type Two IA, and they love him. They said that dude is awesome. His personality, his worth ethic, everything he does, they want him back. They want him as a perm. No so shit. I'm like, yeah, so I'm like, man, that's that's it's awesome to hear those stories. You say, like, hell yeah, man, that's that's good, man. And that dude calls me up all the time and tells me thank you. I mean, you know how to thank me, dude. I mean, you did all the work. I just pointed you in the right direction, man. I mean, that's what I'm here for. I mean, someone did it for me, so I feel like doing it for someone else. It's kind of like passing the buck forward. I mean, like, hey, help someone out. No, that's a way to live life, man. Just paying it forward and being humble about it, man. I appreciate that about you, dude. That's that's awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. So one question I had for you too is uh, the, all the things that you learned in uh, these the fire camp, the Cal Fire camps, um, and the LA camps. So one question that specifically I had was was what was the leadership like? What was the training like? How was that? Was it comparable to what you're doing now, or did you get a, just a good foot in the door then, and then expand on it when you got into the hotshot world, or how does that how did that work? Yeah. So I mean, the training I got there is pretty much it's the basic of the basic, right? They give you enough training to get by right and um it's something that i i it's it's hard to explain but or like you, I, I expected more but i also understand why it, it you don't get more from those programs because you do have a robin door with these people sometimes you have people who are willing to sacrifice and put in the hard work and learn as they go along they're real receptive and they learn but i mean they do something dumb and they get rolled up and they're gone so it's kind of hard to uh I, for the foreman's to give their 100% to every single person that comes to that door because they do have a lot of people that come and go. Um, so you do get the basic training, which is enough to get you by um, at any level at that, um, at that, at those camps. Um, but compared to us, it's, there's a big gap, big, big gap. And uh, it's not their fault. I mean, obviously this is our jobs. We have more of a one-on-one with certain people when we, we are training, we do certain classes. It's a smaller group compared to you say a hundred inmates trying to learn basic 40. I mean, um, you can't answer everybody's question at once. And it's a different, it's a different learning curve as well, because half these dudes don't know what they're getting into. Um, most of the people that do come to the feds, they have some kind of training or some kind of knowledge of what they're getting into. I mean, inmates sometimes just go because they hear it's a better life. So they get into it and they say, Whoa, like I said, some people are like, this isn't for me. I'm cool. I'm out of here. I'm gone on the dudes. They do like it. They'll stick around. Um, sometimes you have an inmate that stays there for a year. And sometimes you have one that stays for a week. It just, it's a toss up, man. Sometimes they get caught up in some stuff. Um, and they're gone the next day. So, um, training, I mean, it could be better, but at the same time, I mean, it's unrealistic to to sit here and expect them to train all these inmates that come through their doors and sometimes leave right away or, or stay for a while. And I mean, sometimes you do have the people stay for a long time. Those are the ones that do get, they do benefit in the long run when they parole because they, they built this relationship with certain foremans or certain captains and that captain or foreman is willing to vouch for them when they do get out. I had a few of them vouch for me when I got out, they wrote letters for me, some Awesome letters. I was like, wow, dude, that's how you felt about me. <laughs> I mean, awesome. You know what I mean? One of those um, things where you're kind of blown away with and like, dude, I, I never anticipated him saying this shit about me. That's awesome. Exactly. I was like, wow, man. I was like, that's pretty cool. So, I mean, so you do, I mean, you get stuff like that. And I've had other foremans and captains hit me up because um, they know I found out through fire that I'm out here doing it and with the, with the hot shots with Alorado. And they'll hit me on, hey, Mano, I got this dude. You might want to check him out. All right, well, I sent him my way, man. Like, if I can't get him with us, 
there's a bunch of other resources here that are willing to take them if he knows how to work hard. And and you do have people that get picked up, man. You do have I have buddies out in the Angeles getting picked up. Um, you know, I have one that's been down. He worked with me in the Colorado in 2016. He's down there, and he's been working on the engine for four years now. So oh, no shit. I mean, yeah, it happens, man. It, it, it can happen. Um, but yeah, it's it's different, man. I guess it's a big gap training wise, obviously, because I mean the fans. This is the first two weeks. That's all we do is punch out training. And then after that's constant, 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 constant in between fires and projects and whatnot. Um, and we do learn more because it's, it's easier to deal with 20 people in six months than it is 200 people in different spans of times in there. I mean, you never, like I said, they come and go. Yeah. Your span of control is only so large, you know, you can only control so much. Exactly, dude. And, and you got to think too, you have one foreman for 20, 18 to 20 people on a hand crew in there or one captain. Um, so they, they have their, their hands full. They have their work cut out for them. So, I mean, they do what they can. So one, that's another thing that I wanted to bring up too, is like, how are those crews broken down? I mean, it's, I, I don't imagine it's like uh like a, a type one or a type two crew or anything like that. How is that leadership structure broken down? You'd have the foreman and then what happens in between? Are you kind of like delegated uh, roles or? Yeah. Yeah. So um, most of the time is a person that's been there the longest or, somewhat the longest it gets the leadership role. So you have your foreman, your captain, um, LA County calls them foremans and, uh, Cal Fire calls them captains. Um, and then below him, it's his, uh, his lead, which is, I'm trying to remember the verbiage. It's, uh, he's pretty much in the front seat with the, with the captain, the foreman the whole time. Um, he's the one that's in charge. He's kind of like the, 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 the go-to for him. He's the one that tells him what's going on. He punches it to us, um, or the people below him. And then after that, you have your, uh, your second in, charge or you want a second person that's in the leadership role in there. Um, he's in the back with the guys. Um, and then you have all teams. It's the same setup as a crew. It's just um, the knowledge and the training parts, the part that's kind of equal. So the only thing you could probably have an, uh, on another inmate is time. Obviously, if you have more time and you have more experience, the mental, the mental slides. So you kind of know a little bit more compared to someone who just comes in green and it's just like, Oh shit, I don't know shit. Um, but other than that, they're pretty much all even down there. You have two dudes that are, might be leads after that, it's just your salt teams and your scrapes. And I mean, I call them all grunts. That's what I was. That's how I felt when I was on a hand crew, in a hand crew, I thought I was just a grunt. Like you didn't get big picture stuff. I mean, every now and then a foreman who was pretty cool would kind of give you an overall, but it was more of a, here's your chunk of line, go at it. You know? And I'll cut some line from A to B. Yeah. And I'll tell you when to stop. You know I mean, and that's how it was, man. It was, uh, it wasn't no, um, no overall pictures. Your objectives were real simple. Give me 10 and four, 10 and five. And that's all you got to worry about. I mean, drink water when you're thirsty. Um, make sure I can see you. And that was it, dude. It was, it was pretty basic. Um, but it was in some hairy situations where you're, you're doing type one stuff and they are considered type one, uh, by their standards. Yeah. So they do put you in, 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 in the good stuff. Um, and I mean, sometimes you learn on the fly, man. I mean, I know when I first went to the juvenile when I was like, whoa, what's this? Like firefighting? I always thought, I always pictured it the red show with the water holes. You know what I mean? Not when they throw you a tool and say, hey, start digging. Like, what? What are we doing digging? <laughs> so it, yeah, it's different, man. Yeah, totally different. It's like a lot of people don't know too. Like the general public doesn't understand or they just, I guess, aren't privy to the knowledge that what, I guess, knowledge that firefighting actually is, especially wildland firefighting. You know, like you're saying, dude, you're expecting a big red truck with a water hose, but no, you're out there with 
<laughs> a fucking <laughs> gardening tool and a chainsaw and hoping for the best. Yeah, they say cut line. You're like, what? Why are we why are we whacking weeds? But I mean, once once you got a hand of it, you you learn what you're doing. It, it's it's you're like, okay, I know what I'm doing now, and it, it's it's actually effect very effective. Um, so yeah, that's that's the biggest thing right there is um, just the training and and like I said, it's not it's the way the program is built. I mean, that's how it works. That's how it's been working. I guess that's how it's going to keep working for them. Um, I mean, I don't see much change going there. I mean, unless they hire more foremans, more captains, put two on each buggy. I mean, other than that, I don't really. As far as the training it goes. Yeah. That, or, I mean, I mean, you can't expect much. Like I said, it's unrealistic to expect them to try to devote so much time to people that they're not sure going to be there for long, for a long time. Um, cause if you do, you're just kind of, you're wasting money, time, energy, um, on people who are just there for a week or two or, or who knows how long. I mean, and like I said, that's just how it's ran in there, man. I know, I know this, they, they stay around a little longer now because it's hard to keep numbers. Obviously they're losing a lot of people in the, in the camp program for different reasons. I heard some, some, something would have to do with halftime. I heard so when I was going to camp, um, halftimers had to go to camp to get their halftime drop down even lower or something like that. Um, I never, I never fit to that criteria. I was 85 more. So I had to do most of my time. Um, so people were saying, well, why did I got to go behind the wall and break my back? I mean, can't break my back, but I could just do it from here and still get halftime or still get less than half, whatever it was that they were getting. Um, they were losing people to that. And then I guess when COVID kicked in, they lost even more numbers and like drastically. Cause it, uh, I was talking to one of my foremans um, on one of these fires. I think it was August or the North. But anyways, I seen him and he said, well, yeah, do you remember we used to have four or five buggies? I go, yeah. He goes, now we're down like one or two. Oh shit. Wow. That's a big difference. And that's, that's statewide. I mean, all these, all these camps are getting hit because they're not letting people go to camps because of COVID they're keeping them behind the wall or whatnot. And then obviously people saying, well, you would think that they'd want to keep them in the camps because it's spread out a little bit more and it's like less population density and, you know, in one given place. I mean, with the people that are in camp, they're already, they're there, but yeah. I'm saying as far as new people coming in, filling the people that parole or leave or whatnot, they're not sending new bodies, fresh, fresh, um, fresh people to fill in the seats that are getting vacant. So, um, they drop numbers and you can see it cause you don't, you, I mean, from my time starting with the feds to now this last year, I didn't see that many inmate firefighters, like before you see them everywhere, yeah. <laughs> everywhere you, they're everywhere. Cause there's so many of them. Um, now it's like this last year, I was like, man, I, I see one or two. And it's like, wow. And then it makes sense what they're telling you. Like, yeah, they're, the numbers are dropping, dude. So, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do about that. Obviously you heard Cal fires. I'm pretty sure you heard Cal fires getting hand crews together and, and they're trying to do their thing with the, <clears throat> their new crews that they're starting up. And yeah, mean, they're trying to stand up a, a ton of new crews of like uh, full-time paid employees. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, I mean, it, it, it should, I mean, it should work out as far as I can tell. I don't, I haven't done this much research on it. Um, but the people that I have talked to, cause obviously people hit me up from Cal fire and it sounds like it's a good thing from, from what they're telling me is it's, it's going pretty smooth. I think they're trying to, they're trying to get their calls, um, um, going in the right direction, get, get it situated. Right. So we'll see. I mean, more power to them if it does work. I know we can use the help. <laughs> yeah, no shit, man. Uh, well, rumor has it that the uh, that Cal Fire is going to actually surpass uh, even seasonal and perm employees when they're on in the summer here uh, pretty soon. I think we have like a, roughly like 10,000 for the Forest Service. And yeah, I, I guess rumor on the street is that 
Cal Fire is going to surpass that this year as far as employees. Wow. Yeah, hmm. dude. That's cool. Good for them. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the numbers and that's going to be taking probably a huge hit from the forest service too. Cause I know a lot of those dudes are highly trained and highly qualified those guys and girls, and they're going to go yeah. over there and jump on a Cal fire hand crew. I mean, Oh yeah, dude. It, yeah. That's going to hit they, us, dude. It's going to. Yeah. Once they hear they're going to make more money, they're out. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing too, is like speaking of the money and everything like that. I know this is a controversial topic, like this whole in my firefighting program. And it, I want to get your honest opinion on it, man, coming from someone who's walked that life. Cause I haven't walked that life, man. I'm not even going to big into speculator or even fucking try and guess if it's like worth it or if it's, it's fucked up or, or what in between, you know? So no shit, bull, no bullshit assessment from you. Someone who's lived that life. What do you think about the program, man? Do you think it's valuable? Do you think it's worth it? Do you think it's fucked up? Like, do you think it's like borderline slavery? Like a lot of people think. <laughs> right. Uh, um, <clears throat> this is my personal opinion. Um, it's only mine. I, I, I think it's worth it. Um, just on the pure fact that it provides people training that they've never thought they would can get on their own. Um, I'm a perfect example of that. Um, it gave me a skill that I never knew I had. Um, Cause if I would have never came across fire camp in the enemy system, I, I wouldn't be firefighting. I, I would see city firefighting. Like, I can't get a job there. Like that's too, it's far from my reach. I wouldn't be able to get there. So, Based on that, yes, I think it's a valuable um, resource for people to get into, see if they like it, and if um, they're good at it, make a career of it. Um, like I said, I'm a perfect example, dude. I I never thought I would be a firefighter in my life when I was coming up, like yeah. ever. Well, this yeah. program literally changed your life, the entirety of yeah. your life. Yeah, so I got into it, and I found something that I'm good at. I mean, I was like, wow, I'm actually good at this. I, I can comprehend what they're telling me. I'm, I'm, I'm learning, I'm going, I'm getting better, I'm getting better and I'm growing. That and purpose I'm, too. It like that's what, that's what I meant by purpose previous the comments is like that chosen purpose. Like you find purpose in this. Yeah, I got you. There you go. Okay, yeah. I some yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Dude. So it's a valuable uh, resource. I think, I think it, they shouldn't go away with it. If, if they have the money to put into it, make it better, go for it. Dude. Cause I mean, and even when they're in there, they're doing some kind of good for the communities for firefighting i mean whenever i'm around inmates and they tell me if i want to use them i use them all the time dude because they're a valuable resource when you're out there especially when you have nothing else helping you or no one around you and they could come in and hold line dig line burn out with you i mean chase spots whatever it, it's it's a good program in itself while firefighting it also gives people a life skill that they can build on when they do come home an opportunity to say, you know what, I know how to do this. I'm going to keep going with it. And if they do awesome, if they don't, like I said, that's their choice, but they were given a chance. And I mean, not many people get that chance to learn how to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as the slavery topic, man, I get that a lot. Um, it's, it's a hot topic right now, man. Well, it's, it has been for a long time, but. Yeah. So when, when I first heard it, I was like, wow, I kind of, cause I, I before I kind of, tuned out of all this conversations, especially on social media. I was like, I don't want to hear that stuff. Just don't want to get sucked into some bullshit argument. Uh, just cause you have, I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion and you hear different opinions. And then me being in there, I was like, Oh, that's not true. That's not how it works. Um, but then I talked to some of the people who recently paroled and it is different. So, um, I don't think it's slavery cause 
I mean, it's somewhat voluntary. I mean, you don't have to be there. Yeah. You got to make the choice to actually commit to that program. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's how it was when I was there. And then talking to some of these dudes recently paroled, you kind of get thrown into it. If you fit the, uh, the criteria before it was, I need to sign up. Hey, look at me take a chance on me. Now it's like, they go to your stuff and all oh, this guy fits the, the, the criteria to send him. He fits the profile to become a firefighter. Send him. He, he doesn't have, it's certain things you look for in your file, like violence, certain violence stuff, um, your time, um, certain amount of write-ups, whatever it is. Um, and then they'll send you. So now they're just sending you without even asking you from what they were telling me. And once you get there, if you refuse, they write you up. Um, uh, oh, that's a, that's a little fucked up. That a little, that's really fucked up. Yeah. So that's, that's like, that's, hold, that's holding someone f- hostage. You know, it's, they're taking your choice away from it. So that's the part where I'm like, oh, okay, it's not the same as before. Um, because back then you had an abundance of people wanting to be in that program. I mean, you had classes and classes and classes lined up to try to get to camp waiting in Jamestown. Now they don't have the people they're, they're missing people. They don't have people wanting to volunteer as much as anymore. Like I said, because of certain rules that change within the, within the, um, sentencing laws. Um, so, so it's changed for a lot since the time you were doing it and nowadays. Okay. Yeah. So now it sounds like they're, they're throwing you in there. And if you refuse, you get written up. And obviously if you get written certain write-ups, you lose 30 days. And then if you get another write-up within that time span, you forfeit those 30 days. So now you got time at it's your time. And you don't get it. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. So that's how, that's how it's explained to me now, how it's going. So I'm like, Oh, okay. Now it's kind of fucked up, but, um, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not there anymore. I don't know what, exactly what's going on, but this is coming from, from people that I trust telling me what they're telling me. You know, it, it, it is messed up. And I talked to two different people just to verify and both of them told me the same thing. It's like, yeah, I do. It's not the same. Like now they kind of force you to get in there and, um, make that choice. So, Oh man, it's a, it's a slippery slope, dude. I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to talk on some, uh, on something that I, I'm not there and I would, I didn't witness firsthand, but talking to the two people that I did talk to and, and their trusted friends on um, it is it is like that. And I, and I can see it going that route because they do need people. Um, do I agree with it? No, I don't. Um, but I, Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah. So I know. And that's that whole controversy thing. So I wanted to get your opinion over it. I mean, I know I'm going to catch some fallout for this, but I want to do publicly state that I have a big fucking problem with private, especially privatized prison systems. The prison system in general is it's a system that's set up for kind of like failure. Almost it's, it's designed to keep you behind the, the wall basically. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, it's so straight up, dude. dude so many documentaries on that stuff and you could, you, I mean, you could pick and choose which one to believe, um, but yeah, there's, I mean, like I said, that's why I, I kind of stood away for a while. I kind of just like, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with this because there's so much it, that goes on. And, and sometimes you just feel like you're helpless because you can't do anything about it. I mean, you, you want to help, you want to be proactive in it, but it's like, how far can you go? Or, I mean, there's only so much you can do, man. And that's why I choose to do it my way. I help out the dudes that I can. Um, and I do it from there, man. Cause I mean, like it is, as it is, like you said, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy topic, dude. And, and I mean, are things going to change? Who knows? Do I want change? Yeah, of course. I mean, I want things to get better for these people, uh, especially if they're really into changing. Well, especially um, dude, especially if they deserve it, man. I mean, it, they're just normal folks like you and, my, and, and you and I, you know, they're normal folks like you and I that may have made a bad decision. It's, it's like, where do you go from there? They, a lot of these people have done their time already and then they're getting shit added on top of that, man. That's the thing. I mean, I mean, I guess you just, you just got to try to make a, a, 
a good out of a bad. I mean, for lack of a better word, I, I don't know. I, I would know. I would have to be in that situation to see what it's like. But I mean, it sucks for those who are going through that if it is happening that way. Um, and I hope there's a light in the tunnel because I mean, it sucks when they're forced you to do something you don't want to do. And like I said, I don't know for a fact. Like I said, that's just what I heard talking to people. Um, but at the end of the day, it is a group program. Um, you do have good folks that come out of there. And um, shoot, I met people that I didn't even know that I knew they were in fire already. I didn't know they were ex-inmates. And down the road, like, after they found out that I was doing my thing, they like, hey, man, I was in your shoes too. And I was like, what the fuck? I know you. How long are you bringing time in this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there is good people out there, man. There is a lot of good people out there. Yeah. And just because we did something bad in the past, it doesn't, it doesn't define us. It doesn't make us who we're going to be. Exactly. And that's the thing, man. It's like your past doesn't define your future at all. Never exactly. does. So yeah, I hope this program lasts, dude. Cause like I said, I, I truly believe in it. Um, I think there is some things that need to be tweaked and worked on that could be better. And that's on both ends. Um, but it is what it is for now. And and I just hope people make the best of it and take it forward as work, man. It's a second chance. It's a second chance at a life, at a tr- at a lifestyle trade, something that's gonna send you somewhere in, in the right direction. So yeah, it's going to empower the rest of your life, man. You got a hard skill out coming out of that. And you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of silver linings out of this program. I mean, yeah, there's some fucking dark shit going on behind that, but there's also some good, I mean, there are some silver linings. Like you get, I mean, how does the, you get a reduction in sentence, you get better food, you get a, a hard skill too, like that you could take to the next employer. And in fact, there's been some recent legislative changes in the state of California that I kind of became aware of that, uh, basically, I, I don't know if like the records of these, uh, former inmates were going to be expunged that have went through the fire program. If they're yeah. like fully expunged or or what, if there's like some certain special clause, but now they like if they're a former inmate, they did some time like Cal Fire can't say no to you. Yeah. Which so, is fucking awesome. That is cool, man. That's a good that, job. That in itself is a, is a awesome opportunity for people to take advantage of. So if, yeah, if the, the way I understood, it, if you went to the uh, fire program while you're an inmate, you have that um, action at getting your stuff expunged. To, because I mean, the only thing, because Cal Fire does hire ex inmates already, yeah, but it's so, hard. It's hard. It's really hard. Um, but there is people that do make it in, um, and the feds kind of pick us up more readily than than not. Um, it's not a knock on the feds, but I mean, they know hard work when they see it. Um, but this, I think, kind of expunges it all completely. So you should have more action. You don't have to admit to it if you don't want to. Um, so I mean, it's it's better for the the city fire departments to get in with them is, is the big thing. So if you do have that skill and you do have that drive to get better at it and you do pick up some paramedic skill or something and you do go to big red, you have action, man. Hell yeah, man. That and it re- reduces the rate of recidivism too. You know, I mean, if you come out of this, you got yes. a job, the less likely you're going to be back in the system, you know, that's, that's a big, big point you bring up right there. It's awesome. Cause yeah, you have those people that don't mess up. They do get a good ass job. They do become, productive citizens they do move on with their lives and, and obviously you're gonna have a less turnaround rate so it's a, it's a big it's a big step in the right direction man i mean i'm all for it yeah man that's the thing too is it like literally change your life so speaking of changing your life man what's your opinion opinion on how like what's like the nitty-gritty of how it changed your life for the better you're talking about the program itself yeah um well, it just it gave me, like I said, I said it before, it gave me something I didn't know I was good at. So I picked up this skill and 
You know, it's like, it's finding something you're good at. You, you're like, wow, I'm good at this. So you move with it. I found that skill and I, like, I was good at it and I loved it and I went with it. I moved on. Um, so I'm one of those stores that got some good out of it. And I mean, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything, dude. It, and if nothing else, and it's for myself and other people, it showed me what hard work was. And if I could get through that for whatever time I was in and doing it for, I could get through any job out here in the, in, in the real world, man. As long as I'm given an opportunity to do some, I mean, if you get through that, you'll get through anything. So, um, I mean, I'm a big, big supporter of it. Like, I think that program is really, really good. Um, like I said, um, I don't know what would happen if they took it away. I mean, you'd have less people coming out unless you, I mean, you know, somebody here to family members, but you would have less people hearing it from in there, which in turn would be less hires out here or potential hires or whatnot. Um, so who knows what happened? I mean, we got to ask that question. What happened if they took hot shots away? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be scary. Well, yeah, they asked, I was like, duh, I have no answer to that. I never thought about that. You know what I mean? I've never thought about that. Yeah, and they asked my suit too. They asked Ben that, and he had an awesome answer. Reply, I'll let him say it if you ever if you ever talk to him. Um, but I was yeah, I was dumb. I was like, oh shit, I never thought about that. What would happen? Oh shit, I know. Let me let me get back to you. You know what I mean? I gotta think about this. So I kind of feel that same thing would happen there if they took that program away. You have you would have a lot less people getting into fire, and a lot more people coming back from dumb stuff. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a silver lining in that regard for sure, man. So now let's talk about where you are today. Like, how did you, what did you have to do to get hired on with the Forest Service and start your hot shot in career? Like, what was the hoops and all the, I know you had to deal with some bullshit, like you told me, as far as like jumping through hoops to get hired. But can you explain some of that process for the folks that are out there listening to this that may have lived a similar life to you? Yeah, for sure. So the first thing I'm going to say is, um, first and foremost, you have to get after it. If you want change, you got to go get it right. There's no handouts. There's no uh, red carpet when you come home. It's it's all about you and what you want and what you're going to do to get there. So that's first and foremost. Um, so, yeah, when I got out, it was hard because I was on a high control parole. So um, my professor, he didn't want me doing anything outside of the county. He wanted me to be at my house, get a normal little jobs like that's nine to five or something something that he could keep an eye on me on so when i brought this thing up um he was like no right so because i had a cousin who was with me in camp and even camp too and he probed before me and he told me about the real hondo wildland fire academy so he's like hey you need to check this out do this right up our alley you said real hondo yeah real hondo wildland fire okay, academy yeah i'm familiar Down with those guys okay so i went to that program he, he went through it first right so he told me check it out so i brought it up to my professor and he was like no like you ain't, you ain't applying for no jobs. You ain't doing none of that fire stuff. He goes, I go, well, how about the Academy? Can I just do that? At least he said, yeah, I do that for now. And that's it. So I did that graduated. Um, as the time went on, I got, had several different professors. And, and when I finally did graduate, I was able to travel. Um, I had a different professor and he was the one that kind of was like, all right, let's check it out. We'll, we'll, we'll dabble in it. Yeah. Kind of feel the waters. Yeah. But it was, uh, I didn't, I didn't jump into that academy until two years after um, I paroled. So I had to wait for two years. So I was just doing construction work and I was doing pizza jobs. I was doing whatever I could get into because I mean, I was out of record. So it was hard for me to find a decent job. Um, so I did that for two years until finally I did the academy and uh, and um, I had the right pro officer because I, I did two, three years of parole. So on my third year, 
I had, um, I guess, proven to them that I was not a fuck up. Um, I'm cussing again. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you, you can swear, dude. It's all good. Um, so I had proven that I was uh, able to let go of the leash a little bit more. So um, they said, um, go ahead. The last professor I had, he was like, go ahead, man. Just tell me where you're going, when you're going and check it out. So I started doing fire. I did with Real Hondo first. So I didn't get picked up by the feds right away. A lot of my um, classmates did. Like I think like 90% of them got picked up right away. I didn't. So they put me on, on their type two crew. And um, I did one role with them. And after that, they started lending me out to uh, the fed crews. So other fed crews knew about the program. So they started, they'll call them up and ask them, hey, you got a couple bodies you can borrow. Oh, it's like and a, I, like a fill program, kind of like an AD, like a I, fill. I, yeah. So they'll, okay. they, they got a, two of us at the time. They said, hey, go check out this crew. So I went and worked on Sequoia on this Type 2 uh, A crew. Um, I did two roles with them and kind of hung out free, freelancing with them for a little bit. But then uh, uh, one of the hotshot crews in the Angeles called me up and, and I, I finished off the season with them, which was an awesome experience. So I got to do that. So it's kind of switched it up a little bit. And for me, it was exciting, man. I was like, I got to travel. It was like the first time I started seeing uh, things outside of California. So I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. Um when that happened, um, I finished off the year. It was awesome. I was trying to get on with people. And at that time, hiring was a little different. It was a little harder to get picked up by certain people for whatever reasons. So I didn't get nothing locally. Um, and I got picked up at a region in region three. Um, and I went out there, did a season. I same thing. I, I filled on with the hotshot crews out there and, uh, they were trying to keep me over there, but my wife got pregnant. Um, so I was trying to get something closer to home. So I, I came back and I applied here um, and the hot shots up here picked me up El Dorado and I've been here ever since. But I mean, the biggest thing about that is, I mean, people are going to look at you. I mean, I never hid my record. I, I made it clear when I applied, I said I had a record. I said what I was locked up for, how much time I did. I wanted that to be out there. I didn't want no uh, surprises after that. Well, you didn't tell us this. You didn't tell us that. Yeah, be transparent that, as possible. Exactly. That was my process. Um, and I tell people the same thing when they ask me, hey, how do you, how do you apply? I say, just be upfront about everything. I mean, if they don't ask you, cool. But you put down what you have to put down on your app to make sure they know where you're coming from. Because they're going to ask you, where'd you get your experience from? And you guys say, well, I came from the anime hand crew. Um, so that's what I did. And not everybody's as receptive uh, as other people's. I mean, you could sometimes they give you the look, like they size you up and they see your tattoos and okay and all right well thank you for coming it kind of give you like a second look like that dude's still a gangbanger yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. so and you, you can't blame them man i mean if they see it and they're like oh shit are we gonna take a chance it's a gamble i mean i mean would i take a gamble on something like that who knows maybe because i come from the background i would um but if i was a straight lace guy and i didn't know any different i'd be like, oh shit this guy might be trouble so i don't blame them so you you can sense you feel it i'm busy right now baby um <laughs> um so you, you can see it when they're not interested, right? And okay, you move on. You go to the next one, right? So and you just keep on doing that until you uh, you find it. So the, the the thing that helped me out a lot too, and they, and they made it clear, a lot of these captains and these foremen and superintendents that I talked to, they said it was that I called, I followed up, and I paid their station a visit when I could, right? Yeah, I would dude, call up. The quintessential station visit. Exactly. So that's big. That's big for us in the feds, man. We want to put a, a face to the name. So, I mean... I, I just did it because that's what I was told to do. Like, hey, real Hondo kind of told me, you want to visit these guys. You want to talk to them, build a, some kind of reform with something with them. So I started doing that. And they told me, sure, like, we appreciate you coming out here because we have 10 other applications that none of them stopped by to say hi or come talk to us or anything. It's just a phone, piece of paper, and that was it. And they expect to get hired. And like, we appreciate you coming down. And sometimes uh, you get to PT with them. 
Sometimes you don't, but whatever it is you get to do, at least you get that that face to face with them and they appreciate it. And that's something I tell dudes nowadays. They get that time. If you can travel, make the drive. I mean, even if it's just a close station, a couple of them, they get to meet you, they remember your face. Because even if you get the, other, the next hiring process where you, you might have missed this one or you get to the next one, you go, man, I remember this guy. He's committed. You know what I mean? Yeah, this dude came in last season. Exactly, dude. So transparency, communication, and a little effort goes a long way. I mean, with anybody, with any job, man. I mean, it doesn't have to be the, the feds or the Cal Fire, any, any job in the normal world. You know what I mean, it's the same thing. People hopefully appreciate it. I know we do. Um, so that's my advice is, is transparency. Um, be upfront. Um, be yourself. You know what I mean, don't don't try to be something you're not, especially because um, you're going to be working with your dudes and, and girls for six months out of the year, if not longer. So um, you don't want to portray yourself as something and then down the road, you, you your, the true, true you comes out and say, eh. or it might be even better. Who knows? But just be yourself. Um, and that's the biggest thing for me, and that that's worked for me. Um, and I don't hide anything. Like I said, I don't, I don't glorify what I did. I did what I did. It's made me who I am to this day. Um, but I don't hide it either. So if they ask me, I'll be honest about it. But I don't go around bragging about it because that's just something that I did. It's my my story, my history, and that's that's where it's at. That's how I feel comfortable living. Um, but that's, that's how I roll. So, I mean, everyone's their own person, but I mean, Hey, whatever works, works. Right. Yeah. Amen to that, man. That's really nobody else's business besides yours in the first place. Just my opinion, man. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. And I respect that. dude. That's cool, man. So, yeah. I mean, like I said, I came here and the thing that stood out for me a lot was, um, Hump. He was my captain time. Aaron Humphrey. Hump. Aaron, yeah. Yeah. So Hump, he uh, he's the one that gave me the the the, the call and the offer. He's the one I was talking to. And uh, one thing that I I appreciate and I respect a lot is that he never he never asked me those questions. He never tried to poke around and he never tried to get more history. Right? He just was like, "Hey, dude, this is who you are right now. This is what I want. I'm loving it. That's all I need, dude." Like, and then we ended up becoming good ass friends, man. Like, yeah, hang you out. guys even hung out for Christmas, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw those so, pictures. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's a good friend, man. I was talking to him earlier today and um, he lives right on the corner from me. So we hang out a lot. (laughs) Nice. Um, So yeah, that's that's one thing I appreciate. He, he never, he, he, he's big on that. He said, dude, I believe in second chances, man. And and you you came out here and kicked ass and that's all I wanted, man. And I mean, after that, we became good friends and you know, he did, he, he he got to know me a lot better. And and I, I appreciate that from him and the rest of the guys that treated me just like one of them. I mean, they gave me, every opportunity they would give any other person that they came through there. So to me, that was big. Dude. That's, that's huge for me. And there's more people like that out there, man. There's people in the Angeles like that. Um, I have good friends down there still to this day that I talk to superintendents, captains, and they're the same way. They don't care where I came from, how I did it. It's just a matter of where I'm at now and what I'm doing now. So but there is people out there that um, are willing to help. I mean, um, just gotta go knock on their door, man. That's the way to do it, man. That's cool. That's yeah. That's one thing too. That's like kind of blowing me away is like when we were talking before we started recording too, you're, you're mentioned something about like that false brotherhood with like banging, you know, the, the gangbanger life and then that real brotherhood with Eldo. And what's, what was that like, man? I mean, what's, what's, I, obviously it's kind of sounds like a dumb question as far as like comparing the two, but what's that brotherhood like, man? Cause you have like that false brotherhood you know, with the gang life. And then you got that, that solid ass brotherhood with other other hot shots. Well, it's not a dumb question, man. And you get that a lot. It's, it's, it's a common question. Um, and I understand why I get it. Um, 
I guess the biggest thing that uh that I look back on is uh um aside from your good friends that you grew up with, not everybody has your best intentions in mind or at heart for that matter. Um, like I said, I still have friends and family down there that I'm still in touch with. Um, uh, but they don't expect me to be in that lifestyle anymore. Yeah. So that's something that you appreciate. Okay, you know what? He's doing good, let him do his thing and he's moved on. And they're fine with that. Um and here with these guys, it's it's different because um it's hard to explain. So they're just my friends because they don't they don't expect anything from me, right? They're they're just friends for, for what we are, friends because they enjoy my company or they they like hanging out with me or whatnot. Um and um aside from my family down there and, and my good friends down there, they don't they don't expect things from me that um would be expected out of the norm, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so that's the, that's one of the things that I take on. I I can be more of a family man now, right? And I can share those moments with these people and like I said, certain friends and certain family members down there, which I still do. I mean, my cousin, like I said, he's an ex inmate. Um, he's he's a hot shot right now too. Shout out to my cousin Dave on Little T. Um, same thing. He 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 grew up in the same lifestyle as me, and uh, he's the one that kind of helped me head in the right direction with the programs and whatnot. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're still in touch. We were talking earlier today too, and and. It's just, it's different, man. He he says it himself too. He said, yeah, dude, it's just, it feels good just, just to be chill. I guess for lack of a better explanation, man, we're just kicking back with our families and doing our thing, man. Um, that's how I see it now. Like I said, I'm not gonna, I won't knock the people that are doing what they're doing down there because I don't know what their situation is. You know what I mean? Um, they're doing what they think they need to do for themselves and whatever they're, they're going through. Um, that's their choice. I do wish them the best, you know what I mean? Because a lot of those dudes are still friends and family members and whatnot, but I'm just doing what I, what I got to do to raise my kids and, and make a better life from them. So that's what I do. And that's how I kind of live my life every day. You're doing a fan, a damn fine job of it though. That's for sure. man. like, I mean, look, that's, that's one thing that's cool, man, is you kind of set the definition for how having a troubled past shouldn't discourage you from your future, man. That's, you're living it, dude. I do. So, yeah, I mean, like we, we said, we talked about it. I mean, what I did before, what you did before doesn't define who we are, or who we're going to be. Um, and it sure as hell doesn't um, stop us from becoming what we should be. You know what I mean, um, so as long as you keep that in sight, I think you, anybody will be fine doing what they do. I mean, it won't be all peaches and cream or, I mean, butterflies and whatever <laughs> but, like and sunshine and rainbows yeah you're gonna get there man you're gonna get there and, and everything's a struggle like i said not, and it won't be easy i've said this in the past um especially with someone that grew up the way i did or has a record like i do um it's not gonna be easy it's not gonna be some stroll in the park where everything's gonna be handed to you handouts red carpet whatever you're gonna struggle a little bit and there's gonna be some times where you're gonna you're gonna step back or stumble and fall and you're gonna be like shit do i really want to do this and that's the time I think you need to pull your pants up a little higher and, and just step forward, man, and, and push through. You gotta get, you gotta go out. Like I said in the beginning, you have to want it. You have to go get it. I mean, it's any person can tell you that. There's nothing gonna be handed to you that that's that's good. I mean, nothing. So if you want it, it's there. Um, it just it just matters how much you're willing to sacrifice to get through it. Like I said, my when I first started with the hot shots up here, my family still lived in SoCal 
I was up here for three seasons in the barracks and I would just go back home for two days on days off and drive right back and get home and wheeze hours and jump in the buggy and head off to a fire. And I did that for three years, dude. So it was hard, man. It was hard, especially for be, being gone for 10 years behind the wall. Um, it was like, damn, I'm doing this again. Like I'm, I'm sacrificing. I'm not seeing my kids and my wife and my family, my dad, and my mom, but it paid off in the long run. I mean, um, I, I'm here now. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, there's going to be some speed bumps on the road. There's going to be some walls. There's going to be some steeper ridges and others. Um, but you just got to climb them. You got to go over them and, and keep pushing, man. Get that, get that going sight and just keep pushing. And that's, that's, that's what it's all about. I mean, that's how I live my life. I was like, I, I got to keep doing it. I have something to move forward for. And it was more than just myself. So I use that to motivate me. Well, that's good words of advice for pretty much anybody, anybody with a pulse out there. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the way it is, man. Life is hard and it's what you choose to do with it. That makes you, that defines your success basically. Exactly, man. It's just, it's tough, man. Like I said, it's tough, dude, but it, the reward itself is greater than any sacrifice you go through, any struggle you go through, man. And especially if you have a family, you're starting a family, or, or you're just trying to better yourself, man. I mean, I know the hardest thing is to do things without support. But if if you yourself are support enough, you should be fine, man. You should. I mean, it's gonna hurt, but you'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, man. So where does the future uh, lead you, man? What do you got for uh, plans of the future? Oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm already in, man. I'm, I'm green for life. You know what I mean? But <laughs> Bleeding green, huh? I say that now, you know what I mean? Um, but I mean, now I'm, I'm, like I said, I told Ben this, I told Hump this before I go, the day I'm not happy is the day I move on. I'm happy now. I go to work happy. I love what I do. My job is awesome. And I travel, I fight fire. I see stuff I've never seen before. I do things I've never done before. And, and every fire assignment, I'm learning something new. I'm, I'm building, I'm building. And I'm building with people like uh, we we're talking about. Uh, um, oh, with Booker. Boy. Yeah, I'm yeah. building with people, and I love that term. And um, I meet new people out there, and, and it's an awesome feeling to get to, to know these people and build on it. You see them again the following year, and say, like, "Hey, man, I remember that dude? He was he was freaking awesome." Um, but for right now, I'm, I'm Aldo. I'm here. I'm, I'm, you mean I ain't going nowhere? Waiting for my turn to keep promoting, and uh, I see it. I see uh, being here for a while, so. Um, unless my body breaks down or some, something happens that I can't have no control over. Um, I'll be here. I'm enjoying it right now, man. I'm loving it. I love this forest. I love this crew. I love the people around me. I mean, even uh, other higher ups past our crew, they've been awesome to me, supportive. Um, so I appreciate that. And, and because of that, I'm, I'm going to put forward my all and I'll keep doing it till I can no more. Hell yeah, man. You're repping that buckle pretty hard, man. That's good. <laughs> keep repping it, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to, man. They've been loyal to me. So I want to give it back and I want other people to see too, that there is a, there is good out of all this stuff, even though we're going through some hard times with everything, the pandemic and people struggling with financially and whatnot. Um, just keep pushing. There is, there is things out there that we can do to to make our lives better. And uh, even for folks out there that are struggling right now, man, like reach out to me. I've told in the past, I talk to people I never met in person all the time. Um, my wife even said that she goes, "Who are you talking to now?" And I'm like, "Oh, this person from so and so over here." And they're like, "You ever, you ever meet him?" I'm like, oh. "I go, no, I've been talking to him for probably about a year now, and I've never met him." Um, reach out to me, even if it's not me. Reach out to someone, someone they feel comfortable talking to, man, and 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 check on friends and relatives and whoever. And even if it's not fire people, just 
I mean, talk to somebody. That's 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 my uh, how I get my thing, my my uh, my therapy. I talk to people all the Sometimes time. That's that, all that people need, man. Just a little peer support, and the peer support doesn't have to be a shrink in some office, man. It could be like like you and me. It could be peer supporters, you know. It's yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the conversation we had before we started rolling, man, I, I, it, you made me feel so comfortable. I was like, hell yeah, this dude's pretty cool, man. Like, I mean, like, I was like, I, I dug it, man. So, I mean, if you can do that for someone like me, I'm pretty sure we can do it for other people. So, yeah, man. I mean, for those people out there struggling with whatever they're going through, man, there's there's people out here who care. And uh, I know Ben's one of them, too. Ben's big, big on 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 being there for folks. Um, oh yeah. Right? That dude pours his heart and soul into that shit. In fact, he's actually going to come up and do an episode here later this week. So yeah, I, well, I wasn't going to bring it up, but yeah, yeah he gave <laughs> I'll just drop that teaser right now. He's going to be here. He's going to actually come up to my house, man. Like sit down. We're going to have a little chat, totally unscripted and it's going to come out uh, the week after you. So basically I guess when timelines go, I, I don't know. We recorded this probably two weeks ago. Once you start hearing Ben's. So right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's weird, man. You got to like plan way in advance with this, this whole podcast shit. So I'm glad somebody's doing it, man. Cause people need to be heard, man. And, and it's good. Cause there, there is a lot of people out there that are going to the same, going through the same stuff we're going through and we're going through the same stuff they're going through. So if we can reach out, um, and touch someone in any way, help them out in any way, it's, it's awesome. Man. And, I, and I appreciate people like you who are taking your time out of your day to do this stuff and, and spread the word and, and get good, uh, good people's uh, voices out there for those who need it. And I mean, it's awesome. I appreciate it, dude. Like I said, before I used to, I was not big on talking to people, especially on podcasts and whatnot. Um, but now I see it, there is a, a greater good coming out of it. So I support it hundred percent, man. No, oh, thanks, man. Yeah. There's no, there's no reason, to, no need to thank me at all, man. Uh, I'm just a facilitator. That's all I am. It's everybody else out there that has the balls to come on the show and, you know, say their words. Those are the real, those are the real deal heroes, man. Cause this, yeah. this, this shit needs to be heard, man. We yeah, all got the sure. similar struggles. We, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, that's my two cents on it, I guess. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's all good, man. It's all good. Like I said, I, I, I ramble on a lot. I go off topic, come back on topic. So that's what this whole thing's for, dude. We yeah. can go down any rabbit hole you want. We can talk about like beer aliens. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Oh shit. Well, well, man, I think that's a good place to close out on the episode. So, uh, as far as like where to get a hold of you, how can we get a hold of you, man? Um, if you're looking for jobs and whatnot, you can hit me up. I tell people hit, look up the, the base number, call the base. Um, I'm, I'm always one of the dudes around. Um, and I'm on Instagram. Um, what's my name? I should have forget my handle. Um, I think it's Perez underscore 1927. I think it's, is it Mando Perez or I don't just Perez? Just Perez. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Underscore 1927, I believe. Hit me up on there. DM me, man. I'll, I do my best to reach out to everybody. And sometimes I take a little longer because I, like I said, I do have a family, um, but I am here to talk to people um, for whatever it might be, job, life, anything, just shoot the shit. Um, I'm all about that. If I can help someone out, like I said, someone helped me out in the past and it, it was big on me. So I want to, I want to do the same for someone else. And uh, yeah, dude, and just, um, Keep doing what you're doing, man. I appreciate you doing this for, for folks like us. And obviously you're, you're one of us cause you, you did the same thing we did. So you understand you were there yourself. So you know what it's like. Um, it's, it's always good to have someone who's, who's, uh, like-minded like us doing this for, for people like us and for the people who are out there listening. So, I mean, my hat's off to you, dude. I appreciate it and keep doing it, dude. Keep doing it. We need, uh, we need people to hear these things. It's awesome. 
No, oh, thanks, man. I get all fucking awkward when people thank me for the podcast because it's like it's like I'm, I'm really just sitting behind a microphone and just doing computer shit, and I don't feel like I'm really doing you're anything. Doing, <laughs> doing something that a lot of people weren't doing before, so it, it does matter, man. So yeah. it goes along. And a lot of us talk about it, and a lot of us appreciate it, man. A lot of I know my dudes are like, "Oh yeah, they do for making point. They do for making point." <laughs> <laughs> It, it's awkward. We listen, to that. we listen to it, man. So it's it's being listened to. So that that, that says something, man. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, like I said, shout out to all those people out there who are doing it. People like you, and the folks that are, like you said, have the courage to come on and, and talk. Um, um, share your thoughts and talk to talk to everybody, man. It's cool, man. It's 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 appreciated. Yeah, we got to kind of unite the Forest Service, like at least the wildland firefighters in general. It doesn't matter if you're state forest contractor. I don't give a shit. As long as you're digging in the dirt with our boys and girls in the middle of summer, man, this is this is what it's all about, dude. Just connecting, building that that whole thing with like Mark Booker, dude. We got to build, yeah, build together yeah. or else we you know fall apart. Yep. And then uh, one last shout out to all the families out there supporting the people who do this job, man. Um, a, a lot of us won't be able to do it without you guys. So shout out to those people too, man. They're awesome. Hell yeah, man. And uh, speaking of shout outs at the end of the show, I give an opportunity to give, like, give you the opportunity to give a shout out to uh, any homies, heroes, mentors. Who do you got for us, man? It could be multiple people. Take it away. <laughs> man, I just, my, my mentors know who they are and I, I tell them every day, I appreciate them and, and I'll leave it at that. They know who they are. And then family back home, I miss you guys, but I love where I'm at, man. <laughs> Wouldn't change it for the world. Well, man. So yeah, but thanks again, dude. I appreciate this. Oh yeah, man. Well, thanks for being on the show, man. And hopefully we can get you back on again. I'm here whenever, dude. Right on dog. Well, I won't take up all the rest of your night. So it's like nine o'clock. So I know you got kids knocking on your door. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. All right, dude. I'll catch you later. All right, man. Be safe. All right, bro. Later. And boom, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast is in the books with my good buddy, Armando Perez. Mondo, dude, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story and sharing what you know about getting into the fire service if you have a record, man. That is going to be huge for all those folks out there asking questions and looking for advice, maybe if they've had, you know, a, a couple mistakes in their past. And that is a big message of this whole podcast, man. Like we said, Don't let your past define your future, man. There is awesome opportunities out there and you found yours and you made it work and now you got a beautiful family and a beautiful job and you're loving life and kicking ass, dude. So thank you so much for being on the show. If you guys want to get a hold of Armando, I'll uh, definitely drop his information in the show notes and uh, yeah, definitely hit him up, man, especially if you have uh, questions about this topic. Noah's is a little bit controversial, but that's just one man's perspective uh, of the whole system and I know it's changed a little bit and things are different nowadays, but Maybe we'll get somebody else who has recently went through that uh, the current program that the uh, California Inmate Firefighting Program is all about these days. So look for that in the future. Special shout out to our sponsors. We got Mystery Ranch. They make the finest built toughest and most comfortable fireline packs out there. But they also make a bunch of other stuff and they're giving back to the community with the badass Backbone Series. It's freaking awesome. We've got Manscaped. 
Oh yeah, your balls will thank you. And listeners to this podcast, oh yeah, they can get uh, 20% off plus free shipping site-wide. It's pretty badass. We got Hotshot Brewery, purveyors of the finest coffee on the West Coast, and it's kick-ass coffee for a kick-ass cause. Swing over to www.hotshotbrewing.com and check them out. Also, we got our buddy Booze over at the Ass Movement. He is the poo-bearing propaganda specialist, man. So if you uh, want to find out more and help spread the word about bearing your turds, go over to www.thefirewild.com and check out the Ass Movement. And last but not least, we've got the Smoky Generation. Bethany, you have a kick-ass organization over there. Keep doing what you're doing. I love it. For the rest of you, you guys know the drill. Stay safe. Stay savage. Peace. Peace.